0: Lift up your heads,
1: lift up your head to the
0: Let's flip over to How Great Thou Art This Morning. This is our God reigns.
1: How lovely. How Yeah.
0: last verse again
1: out of the two
0: just want to give you thanks today for all that you are doing for us. For all that you are doing, Father, for this United States of America. Father, for the protection that we've had, Lord, over the years. And Lord, we want to pray right now for our nation, for our government. Father, for this election. Lord, we ask that you continue to expose what needs to be exposed we ask for truth to be told father in all arenas of our government on top of every mountain father we ask for the truth to be told that there be no cover-up there be no hidden agenda father we pray for our president trump we thank you for him father for the way he has supported the church for way the way he has um, Encouraged Christians, Father, through these last few years, the way He has encouraged and supported Israel. Father, Your Word says that those who bless Israel will be blessed indeed. Father, we thank You for the Supreme Court judge that is about to be confirmed, Amy Coney Barrett. Lord, we we thank you that you are for this nation. You are not against it. Father, we thank you that the tide of moral decline is turning. Lord, that you will have your way in this nation and in this country. And we we need not fear, God, because you have great plans yet for this country and for your church, Father, and for this nation as it affects the other nations of the world. So, Lord, we just ask that you protect this election from any kind of voter fraud, harvest balloting, any uh, deception, any plan of the enemy to create havoc, to deceive. Father, we just ask your hand of protection upon it that you will expose any evil plot or plan. Father, we thank you that Donald Trump is for life. He is for life. Thank you, God. We bless your name today, Lord, that we can gather freely in this country, that we can worship your name. Father, we just uh, give you all the glory and all the praise. We thank you, Lord. and sings
1: my soul. Join with me. My Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great
2: Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. Oh, well, we know what this weekend was or is. It's the opening day of pheasant season. And you know, when you're getting ready to go pheasant hunting, you've got to get a lot of stuff ready and you have to prepare for it. I mean, there's so much that needs to be prepared. It's almost like kind of getting ready for the first day of school. You've got to get your, your orange outfits on. Everyone is all excited. The adrenaline levels are running high. And uh, you got to get the dogs ready. You've got to get the motel rooms ready. Uh, You've got to round up your friends and figure out where you're going to go hunting at. And there's just so much you're prepare for before you fire that first shot. And uh, matter of fact, you got to get your gun ready too because uh, otherwise you'll be shooting 25% is, you know, that's not a very good deal. And you got to get your muscles ready. You should be out there in the shooting range. Um, You gotta scout out where you're gonna go because you never know what happens from year to year with all the the crop rotations going on. You know, last year's corn field might be this year's soybeans. And and what might be an alfalfa field last year could be sunflowers this year. And the old CRP land, might have a house sitting on it today. You never know because so many things change from year to year. And, uh, of course, when you're going out hunting, you've got to be dressed accordingly. You dress in layers. So you take off. When it gets warmer out, you take some clothes off. And uh, uh, you just got to be ready. So many challenging things when you're out there. Uh, trying to do the first hunt you know i think about that it's like wow they put a lot of work into a lot of prep work goes into preparing for that uh, first day of pheasant season i want to talk about our spirituality do we put that much work and effort into our spiritual life you know, that's that's a big question for the day. You know, yeah, it takes a lot of prep work to get ready for the pheasant season, but what about our spirituality? But what's going on inside of us? You know, it, it's not that we're only getting ready for the heaven, but we're, we should also be getting ready for anything that might happen in our lives. We might get that unexpected phone call, and all of a sudden, you know, things go in turmoil. Um... We got to get ready. And so we need to prepare our spirituality for anything that might happen in our lives. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Talking about preparing our lives for God. Talk about preparing for, for heaven. And we need to read God's word. We read the Bible. We need to have that word seep into our soul. Memorize a few lines even. So when we, that emergency comes up, you can cite some of those lines that, that you might have. You know, spend time in prayer. You got to build a relationship with God before you need his help. And, uh, and before you get one of those phone calls that might change your, your life forever. And it's also important to, to keep in unity with the church. Because you see, the church family, which is everybody here, those of you out in the vehicles, and those of you inside here, and those of you that might be listening in the podcast, the church is part of the family. And we're here for you, each and every one of us. You know, There's times when maybe we come to church, we might be a little bit down. Well, you know what? That's what we're here for. That's what the church is here for—to build everybody up, to give unity, to to give you guys some, give everybody a sense of hope and love and peace. Um, We're standing here by you, and that's the purpose of the church. Um, But again, we need to make sure that we put God first in our lives. Philippians 4 says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition." With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So don't be anxious or excited about some things that might be happening in life. Life happens. And uh, unfortunately, um, it can happen at any age. It can happen when you're young and when you're not so young. Uh, We had a deal in Groton, a 39-year-old guy, uh, passed away here this past week. We just had, they had his funeral yesterday in Groton. And, uh, unexpectedly, all of a sudden he's here one day and gone the next, uh, it happens. And that's why we have to always be ready. And especially, you know, with our minds and our attitudes, you know, it's kind of like, um, you're out there and about, you're out, driving out in the countryside. And you see this neat little scenery out there and you think, oh, I wish I had a camera to take that picture. Of course, nowadays, everybody's got a cell phone, so you can take the picture. But there's times when I wish I had a camera with me because sometimes the cell phone just doesn't get the angle or the quality that I want. It's like, oh, I wish I had a camera to take that picture. It was an awesome picture. But by the time I run back at the camera and come back, it's all gone. It's all, all done. You know, you kind of wish you had a camera. And with our life, you know, we don't want to be saying, if only i had been closer to God, you know, when the time might come. It's like, oh, I wish I was closer to God. Um, Be aware that God is important in our lives. And so spirituality means connecting with him. Uh, John 14, 27 says, you know, we talk about peace. Uh, That's what Jesus is about. It's about peace. He says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. There again now we're talking about do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be anxious. Um, God is always going to be there for us. You know, and perhaps when we think about Jesus, maybe we think about strength. 2 Timothy 1.17 says, For the Spirit God gave us does not give us timid but gives us power he gives us love and he gives us self-discipline we get our strength from god and we get our holiness from god you know and perhaps it means being obedient to god when you follow god you know god will give you the holy spirit for strength listen to this uh in Acts uh, chapter 5, beginning with the 27th verse, if you'd like to follow along, it should be in your bulletin there. The apostles are all proclaiming the word of God. They were just released and, and uh, they were told explicitly, do not talk about God. Um, these are your orders. And of course, the apostles, they, they, they were not going to be stopped. See, When you talk about God, when you're with God, you can't be stopped. Because you're, you're just ready and excited about God. And so the apostles are doing their job out there. They are out there proclaiming the word of God. And then the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious. They wanted to put him to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared claiming to be somebody and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All of his followers were dispersed and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and all of his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. (laughs) At last, we finally have a Pharisee who has some common sense here. He sends the apostles outside and then he addresses his peers and says, let these men go. If it's from God, you're going to only be fighting against God and it's going to be a losing battle. Yes, God is awesome and powerful and he will work through individuals to get his his job done here on earth. You know, we need to search for God's spirit and it's there. Although God is invisible to us mortals, He can become the most reliable, the most trusted, and the most loving reality in your life. King David poetically described his experience of God's greatness and nearness to us. Listen to Psalm 139, starting with the seventh verse Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, which is the grave, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost of the sea, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows you very well. David was inspired by God's omnipresence. Being everywhere. David was inspired by the fact that God is all knowing and all wise. And when people are not close to God, when people maybe fall away from God, they may think, uh, whatever, or they might think it's God's fault, or, you know, they'll try to blame somebody. It's always this blame game that goes on out there. When it comes to God, there is no blame. You see, God will never forget about us. We might forget about him for a spell or a time, a period of time, but he will never forget us. I've learned over the years that you can run, but you can't hide from God. I remember when I was growing up and I was off to college, and basically for a period of time, I did not go to church. I did not participate in anything in church. Basically, I kind of ran away from God. And like I said, you can run, but you can't hide. And here I am having serving two congregations. God says, ah, you can run, but this is going to be your assignment, and you will do this. God is always available to us. Deuteronomy 4.29 says... But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. So we need to really seek out God as well. You know, it's not just important to be trying to look for God, you really have to look after him. You've got to find him. You've got to find him with all your heart and with all your soul. If you're in the hunt for spiritual growth, it has to start with you, each one of you individually. You have to decide if you want to be closer to God and then let him guide you. In Romans 8, it says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. See, inside of us, there is this battle that's enraging inside of us. We have the flesh, we have the spirit. The flesh is our body that we have. The flesh is something that we can see, it's something we can feel, it's something we can, uh, we can recognize. The spirit is inside of us, we do not see it. But we should be able to feel it, feel its warmth. It goes on to say, The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. That's why it's so important to have that spirituality inside of us you need to get that by connecting with god by searching him out each and every day reading the scriptures praying to him recognizing him uh god is so awesome he has done so many things he is all-powerful all-knowing you know there's times when like when you're hunting for pheasants the birds will get up and they'll fly away Way they go. They want, to, they want to get out of the aim of the bullet that's firing after them. And it might seem like maybe sometimes in our lives we might be trying to flee from God. Maybe some sins have been committed and we feel awful about it. We, we flee from God and want to get away from God because we're afraid. But God will not leave us because he loves every one of us. We are his children. He doesn't want anybody to, to, to go to hell. He wants everybody to come up to heaven because we are his children. And if we're in a situation where maybe something bad or good might have happened in our lives, maybe we should implement the WWJD model. What would Jesus do? Ask yourself that question. If you're in a situation, what would Jesus do? think about the spirituality that's at hand think about what's uh, what we can encounter in a tough situation when we have god on our side and philippians 2 it says therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain or conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We need to feel God's certainty in these uncertain times. We need to be able to put those above those around us in a higher plateau. It's kind of like um, playing a game of chess. You have you're the teacher. And you're teaching somebody the game of chess. And of course, you as a teacher keep beating the student. Until one day, the student beats the teacher. And the teacher says, well done. Well done, you have finally beat me. That is awesome. I have taught you well. I have elevated you to a higher level. And that's what we're supposed to do to our friends and to our family members around us. Lift them up. And say, well done. You've done a terrific job today. Encourage them. Uh, Give them compliments. Give them love. People like to hear that. It makes them feel good. Knowing that they have accomplished something. And always conclude with, hey, and you know something? God loves you. That is so awesome. Richard Rohr once said, we cannot attain the presence of God because we are already totally in the presence of God. What is absent is awareness. We recognize the fact that God is around us, but are we aware of him being around us? Do we connect with him? Or do we just say, oh, he's here. We need to really connect with him. Because God is awesome. This battle with the flesh and the spirit, this this hunt for God to be able to find him in our lives, searching him out, seeking him out each and every day of our lives. That's what we're here for. We're not here to please the desires of the flesh because the flesh is going to eat us alive if we're not careful. I love the Spirit of God to encourage us. i like to read Galatians 5. Talks about freedom in Christ and life by the Spirit. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. And you are trying to be justified by the law that has been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, I am still preaching circumcision. No, he says, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they'd go to the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not let your, your freedom, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather than serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroying each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit Sexual immortality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit... Of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Now, don't those words in verse 22 sound so much better than those of 19 and 20 and 21? They sound so much more peaceful. They sound so much Godlike. That's the way we want to live our lives. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Again, it comes back to preparing ourselves. We will spend oodles of time preparing for things. I know this year we're probably not going to have the traditional Thanksgiving feast that we normally have. If we do, we would be preparing so much. We'd get the house clean. We would get everything, all the food. And people, well, matter of fact, yesterday, it was kind of funny... Somebody was preparing for a birthday party yesterday and oh my goodness, everything was, seemed like it was just going wrong and they put so much work and effort into it trying to prepare for this birthday party. All the things that we prepare for. But what about our spirituality? Are we preparing our spirit for the life to come? And for anything that might hit our situation. What happens if all of a sudden something bad happens to us or in our family? Are we spiritually capable of handling that situation? Have we got that connection with God so when that does happen, we can be more at peace and know that God is for real that he is on our side, that he will comfort us. He will carry us. There'll be just one set of footprints in the sand when we're both walking together. All of a sudden there's one and Jesus will be the one carrying us in that situation. To get us prepared for God, I got three things that I could possibly have you do. And you could do these at home. You can do these each morning. Some questions that you try to answer. Matter of fact, uh, I might even encourage here. We talked about this last night in Pierpont. I think that'd be kind of a cool thing to do here. Is if we could talk individuals into preparing a prayer for the day, a prayer that is scripturally sound and bound. Because what that would do is that that would enable you to search the scriptures, to work into the scriptures, to come up with a prayer. That gets you into the Bible, that gets you into the word, that would just really get you into, into God. That would be an awesome thing to do, so I encourage you. you know, if somebody wants to, to do a prayer sometime, let me know, and we will definitely have you do that. But here's three questions that I'm going to ask: Where did I notice God in my day today? Where have you noticed God today? I know for me, every morning when I get up in the morning, I look up at the stars. I see God up there. Because he created it all. And uh, during the past several weeks, you look at the beauty of the trees, how colorful they are. It's like God's using a paintbrush painting the landscape out there. Where did I notice God in my day today? Next question could be What drew me closer to God today? What was the one thing or a couple things that drew you closer to God? Is it because you spent some silent time listening, meditating? Does that draw you closer to God? I know with this noisy world that we live in, there's always noise going on in the background. Maybe it's time to turn off some of that noise and listen for God. Because he's in your heart and he's in your mind. Another question might be, what moment was I most grateful for? Today, what one moment were you most grateful for? I know for me, every day is like getting up. That's one great thing. It, Being able to get up in the morning, says just like, yes, Lord, I'm up and around. Thank you, God, for another great day. You give them all the glory and all the blessings every day. I'm so grateful that I have a, a great and loving family. I'm so grateful that I have congregations that... Are so much into God. What one moment are you most grateful for? What drew you closer to God? And where did you notice God in your day today? But remember the battle rages. On the spirit and the flesh engaging each other inside our bodies, inside our minds. And when that happens, when you feel the rage inside of you, that's a time to say, Stop, time out. I want God to talk to me, and I'm going to talk to God. That is the time for prayer. That is a time to close off the outside world. Close off all the noise. Stop and meditate to God. God is so awesome. God is so wonderful. Thank you, God, for all the many blessings that you have given every one of us here today. Thank you, God, for allowing our congregations to continue to worship. So many congregations don't have that ability. The decisions are made to maybe not to sing your praises in church, which I've heard some churches are not doing. Lord, you are so powerful and awesome that, you know, and you gave us a mind to use. We can sing your praises and glory in church. And we want to continue to do so. We want to continue to love you. So Lord, be with us every day of our lives. Thank you for everything you've given us. Continue to search out God in your lives. The hunt is on. The hunt is on in our lives to be able to reach out and say, Yes, God. I'm searching for you. I will find you. You will find me and we will be together and we will, you will help me through any situation that I have in my life because I know you are on my side. Let the search of God begin. Let the search of God continue and let the search for God be at your most mindset each and every day of our lives. Amen. Amen. May the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, at this time, uh, David's getting his jacket on, and he'll be out to get the collection.